Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. It's another edition of the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Thanks for being here. Uh, Walter alongside David Dickens, President and Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors with an office in Overland Park. And we're online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. I understand we're talking vacation on today's show, so count me as excited. Hey, David, how's it going? <laughs> I'm doing great, Walter. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about vacation planning and and then weave a little bit of uh, retirement planning in there and kind of look for some parallels. All right. Well, uh, are we starting with the vacation part and, and why vacation? Well, we are going to start uh, with vacation because studies tell you, often tell you, well, people spend more. I'm sure every listener today has heard that there's a good stat out there that says people spend more time planning their vacation than they do their retirement. So I wanted to start with you, Walter, and hear a little bit about a planning process you can remember for a vacation that you uh, took that maybe was, you know, 10 days to two weeks to, you know, longer than a long weekend. I don't know if I've done a full a full two-week vacation before. The uh, the only one I can think about, it was not really a full vacation. There was, uh, it was part work, part school activity back in college when we went to China. And so there was some, pr- you know, other people were doing planning for me going through that. Um, so... And then I, there were some two-week vacations when I was a kid, but then that would have been my folks really kind of doing that planning, right? Yeah, so, you don't get to claim credit for that. Can we look forward? Absolutely. Let's okay. look forward. We are actually planning a trip, and I think we know the destination. Now, that's still somewhat in limbo, but we think we're going to go to Iceland this year, oh, later, nice. later this year. Yeah, uh, should be a fun trip. And so, and we're not going to be quite two weeks, but yeah, we're going to be uh, probably a 10-day vacation somewhere in that range. So a little longer than your typical just, you know, one-weeker. Awesome. So uh, what are you doing right now about this? This is three, four, five months away? Uh, yeah. Um, end of summer, beginning of fall, kind of in that time range. Um, so what so have you done already to look into that? We have bought a book on, on Iceland. It's like one of those travel books that kind of walks you through all the... Actually, we may have bought two or three now that I think about it, but there's I know there's one that's sitting out on uh, on my desk right now. <laughs> <laughs> so there's uh, we've bought a book and kind of read through that and talked about some of the things that we'd like to do, trying to research. I guess most people, they travel, they do the, you know, travel in a circle around Iceland is sort of the thing because the middle of the country is kind of like the highlands and it's a little bit harder to drive in and you need a four-wheel drive to get there, and which we may still, we may do that. Uh, but trying to make those kinds of decisions, do we want to do a four-wheel drive car? Do we want to get one of those like little campers so we don't have to worry about kind of uh, getting hotels every night and you just sort of live out of the camping experience, like these little mini motorhomes that they do? Or do we want to do hotels or Airbnbs along the route and take that kind of thing? And then just trying to plan out, I guess it's hard, I think, for a 10-day trip, especially one where you're kind of going to be on the move every day. It's hard to exactly plan where your landing spot's going to be each night, having never been there before. You know, right. like I don't want to lock myself into having to be, you know, another hundred miles down the road when we had so much fun doing some activity earlier in the day that we ended up staying there all morning, and now we've got to, you know, zip to this place late into the evening to try and get there. So trying to figure that stuff out. We've got COVID rules that are still being followed for flights and entry into the country and back to the U.S. That I don't know if the same rules will still be there when we go on our trip, but at least kind of planning for what those are right now. 
So there's so, a lot that goes into this. It's a lot. There's a lot. And, and then we haven't even gotten into just like picking the fun stuff and, and the sites to see and mapping that out. And But why are you starting so early? I mean, why, if you're going in uh, in October, why don't you just start thinking about it in <laughs> mid-September? I feel like we're actually already late to, to, the, to the party because uh, we, we technically haven't booked our tickets yet. We should probably get on that some sometime in the near future. I, I guess we have to officially decide that it's going to be Iceland first. And then uh, book some tickets and then start figuring that out. But uh, All right. Well, good for you that you're already doing a bunch of planning. The reason I bring this up is we did a we have a blog post out there, I, probably from the last six months, but I don't exactly know when. But the headline of it says, only one in four Americans have made this essential retirement planning move. And that move is to actually have a plan for the 25 or 30 years that they're going to spend in retirement. Yet you are going on a 10-day vacation, and you're already planning. You've got stuff pretty detailed in your brain about even what type of car you want to rent, how long you're going to stay, where you might stay, how much you're going to spend. You probably talked to your wife about a budget. Yep. Well, those are all super important things when planning a trip and when planning the 25-year vacation that retirement is going to be. But frankly, three out of four Americans don't do it. It's amazing. it is kind of amazing, and, and, and there are a bunch of decisions. You know, when is it going to start, and, and where are we going to do it, and how long might it last, and what's it going to cost us? So I, I totally get it. Uh, a whole lot of Americans have very little savings, and they're going to be heavily reliant upon Social Security. But those people are not listening to these podcasts. I also get that I have, I have some clients who have two Social Security checks and a pension, and they really don't need the money that was in their 401k. And so their need for a a solid plan is less because they're super unlikely to run out of money or fear running out of money. But a whole bunch of Americans that do save a a good amount of money do have that concern, especially with rising healthcare costs or et cetera. So what I thought we'd do today is just go through some of the basics. Whether you're listening to this podcast and you find yourself in your early 30s, which is an awesome time to start visualizing this and refresh that plan, maybe not annually, but maybe every five years, and you have a, you have a map, a vision as to where you're going. Or if you're in your 40s, or certainly if you're in your 50s, it's time to get real serious about planning for that 25-year vacation that you're going to take. So we're going to kind of cover some big building blocks. You can go back into our podcast history and look for things that add a little more granularity to this. But probably the first step that you'd want to take a look at is, and Walter, you guys are talking about it right now about Iceland, is you need to estimate how long your retirement is going to last. Now, you and your wife have total control over how long you're going to be in Iceland, and none of us have control over how long we're going to be in retirement. But what we do know is that in America, if you get to be 65 years old, there's a high probability that as a male, you're going to live to 84 or longer, and as a female, 86 or longer. So you've got a 20 or so year glide path that you're going to want to fund. So as you're putting together your retirement plan, you might look and say, well, my family has these genetic things going on, which is going to cause me to live shorter or longer. That doesn't necessarily mean you will, but it might guide your planning process. But I think that's kind of the first step is figuring out, well, how many years am I going to try to fund this thing called retirement? I think that's a great point. How to fund it and also the the length is interesting because, yeah, that was one thing we talked about. Do we go for 
a five or six day trip? Do we make it a 10 day trip? And is it worth calling your coworkers and trying to get them to move schedules around to try and make it a full two weeks? But eventually we fell in both for budget purposes and time away from work purposes. And it worked out perfectly where we could butt two weekends up against a week off to kind of make it a nice kind of feel a little bit longer than the one week, but not too long to the two weeks. So we found kind of our ideal timing. I guess that's kind of uh, a bit similar to how people kind of figure out when they want to retire, right? Picking out yeah. that that date and what feels good to them and works for their lifestyle. It is. And when, and when we're doing our planning here, the last thing that somebody wants to do is run out of money in retirement and still have five years left on their on their body clock. So we'll almost always say we want money to last until age 90 or 95 or 100. In a lot of cases, they're not going to run out of money, but sometimes it's fairly close. And so we want to make sure that the plan isn't going to run out of money before your early 90s. So the second step, once you kind of figure out what your time frame is, is you're going to want to estimate how much you're going to need to spend in retirement. Like you're going to try to figure out how much money are we going to spend on our Iceland vacation. So I don't like these blunt tools that that a lot of these uh, planning online tools have and say, well, we'll probably spend 70% of what we do while we're working. I have clients who easily spend 100% of what they spent while they were working because now they have all kinds of free time and a wanderlust where they love to go travel. And that may last for 10 or 12 or 15 years in retirement. So it's really, really important. And, and part of the hardest work in doing retirement planning is figuring out, well, what kind of lifestyle do I want? Do we want in retirement. Um, So figuring out what the basics are going to cost you and then making sure you build in things like, well, travel costs that are always extra. But if you own your house, you're probably going to need at least one AC, a new air conditioning and heating unit while while you're there, or a new roof, or maybe you build in some accessibility things if your health starts to fail. You're probably going to want to build in what we always try to build in, increasing healthcare costs and sometimes nursing care or assisted living care because those types of things get really expensive and it is kind of interesting to see how your plan works out if one or both of you bump into that kind of expense so like you're planning your vacation you certainly want to have a a good handle on what you think you might spend in retirement so you need to know how long it's going to last you need to have a guess as to how long it's going to last. And you want to have a pretty good, fairly detailed listing. I'm going to call it a budget, although people don't like that word, but a budget of what you think retirement is going to cost you. Those are kind of steps one and step two. Step one and step two. They sound maybe overwhelming to the average person, but uh, if you kind of, this is where I think actually the parallel to vacation planning is a good one uh, and and can find some positives in here because I find part of the going on a trip, I mean, we do two kinds of vacations, right? Um, we've gone on vacations before where we said in advance, we don't want to do any planning for this vacation. We're going to take it day by day and just let the whims of the day wake up in the morning and let that dictate how we feel and what we're going to go do that day. And kind of really with maybe a very general, like we know if we're going to head north, south, east, or west on our trip, but beyond that, like we don't try and plan too much. And then there's the other kind of plan where we actually dive in, kind of like we're doing for the potential Iceland trip, where we dive into all the particulars. But I kind of view that as fun. And it's part of the experience of going on the trip, doing the research, and you get to learn a little bit about the the history of the area and some of the nuances that maybe you wouldn't be able to discover if you were just doing the other variety of 
of vacation of just kind of showing up and figuring it out as you go. And so I think it's different, but I think there's a lot of fun in that. I think as though it's maybe not quite as fun, (laughs) it could still be just as fruitful to go through these steps in this process as you plan for retirement and try not to view it as a burden or a chore and just something more that's kind of fun to to look under the hood a little bit and figure some of these things out. It's nothing bad can come from that information. (laughs) Right. I mean, in most cases, comfort and confidence comes from knowing that your 25 or 30 year retirement vacation is going to be fully funded by what you've done for yourself. And if it's not, well, it'd be good to know that before you actually cut ties with the working world. And you may decide to stick around for a year or two or three longer. But that's one of the reasons why having a plan at a minimum by your early to mid 50s, I think is super important. So once you think you know how long you're trying to fund, and you pretty much understand how much you're going to spend, then you got to estimate, well, how much retirement income am I going to have aside from what my investments are going to do for me? So if you listen to this podcast and you have not yet been out to ssa.gov, I'd be a little surprised. So ssa.gov is Social Security Administration. It's super secure. They'll ask you a lot of questions before they'll let you into your account. But it's where you can go and look at your earning history, Uh, You can do uh, a few rough projections as to what your Social Security is going to be. But what you would want to do is make sure that as you're doing your retirement plan, you have a pretty good idea of how much guaranteed income from Social Security you, and if you have a spouse, how much you and your spouse are going to be getting over the years. And you also don't want to forget that once one of you dies, unless you happen to die at the same time, the bigger amount of the two Social Security checks that you get, the surviving spouse is going to continue to get, but the smaller amount is going to go away. So you want to build that into your plan. How much are you going to have in that type of retirement income? Maybe you're lucky enough to have a pension and there may be some, there'll be some decisions to go there, uh, whether you take it based on one life or two lives, or you have a remainder going to your spouse. But those are all types of things that have to go into your plan as well. All right, so three steps down, some more steps to come. Yeah, so really the last one is kind of putting it all together. What you probably end up having is some sort of gap. The spending you want to do is probably going to be less than your Social Security payments and your pension, if you're fortunate enough to have one of those. And that gap is going to be funded by your savings. And so you're going to need to make some projections on how much your, let's say your 401k or your, and your Roth are going to grow over that 25 years. Now, most of the calculators that you get online are going to say, how much of an annual rate of return do you think you're going to get? Well, what we know for sure is that the market doesn't go up 7% a year every year forever, even though the, market, the stock market might average 8 or 8.2%. 3% a year over a 20-year period. There are going to be years where it's up 18% and years where it's going to be down 19 or 20%. So the do-it-yourselfers that I see almost always estimate too high as to what they think their investments are going to earn. And what that can do is give you a false sense of confidence as to how much money you can start spending. So I'd strongly encourage you, especially if you're using an online calculator, to use 5 or 6% maybe lower as your rate of return that you expect to get 
year in and year out during your retirement. Somebody's going to say, wow, Dave, that sounds really low. But when you think about how you might structure your retirement portfolio, you're unlikely, unless you're a high net worth individual, you're unlikely to have 100% of your retirement funds in the stock market. And we've talked about why that would be in past podcasts. But, you know, during the COVID crisis, which now in the rearview mirror looks pretty tame, but over one month, the market was down 34%. And we didn't know where the bottom was because we didn't know when a vaccine was going to come along. So if your million dollar retirement pot had turned into $650,000, you just might have gotten very concerned when you looked at that brokerage statement and moved a bunch of money into cash. So you're unlikely to have 100% of your money in the, into the market. You're probably, even if you're an aggressive and retiree, maybe you got 75% in the market and 30% in bonds. Well, if your stock market investments earn that 8% a year, your bonds these days are probably going to earn somewhere between 0 and 2%. So your average rate of return is going to be more like 45 or 6%. So as you're building in your rate of return, don't make the mistake of saying, I think I can do about 8% a year, because that is super unlikely to happen, unless you're a very aggressive investor. Love it when we can boil things down to an easier to understand batch of information and feel like we got that here today, David, breaking this down kind of into some four steps for people to follow. And hey, we got to talk a little bit about vacation in Iceland and that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> assuming we go on that trip, I'll have to, we'll have to do a post report of just how much, uh, maybe I can track the rest of my time that goes into planning that vacation and then we can compare that to see, hmm, wonder how that compares to how much time people spend planning for retirement. That'll be. An we'll interesting look little experiment. To yeah. And to see if you do a postmortem. So, so I guess the final, maybe the last step that you would do with a retirement plan that you wouldn't do with your Iceland vacation, unless you do a detailed postmortem when you get home, uh, is with a retirement plan, even though you're retired, you want to keep updating that plan because uh, retirement balances, markets are going to ebb and they're going to flow. Your expenses aren't going to be consistent each year, they're going to be lumpy. And maybe one of you develops some sort of health problem that all of a sudden makes it more likely that you're going to need significant health care uh, expenses. So keeping that updated, what I try to do with most clients is once they're retired to update that plan once a year, if not, certainly once every other year, such that the confidence that comes from knowing that your plan is working is really freeing, especially once you've cut the cord with the working world. So you got to make sure that as you're getting closer to retirement, and especially once you're in retirement, you keep updating that plan, put current information in, and if adjustments need to be made, you don't want to be surprised by needing to make those adjustments. You want to see them coming. So keep the plan updated. It's a great point, David. Fantastic. And uh, if you do want to talk a little bit more about putting together your own financial plan, I invite you to go through the complete planning review process, the financial CPR, if you will, that David does for everybody who comes into the office and wants to go through the planning process, see where you are right now, get a good assessment of what needs to be done to revive your plan and get you all the way to and through your retirement years. If you'd like to get in touch, it's very easy to do that. 913 317-1414 is the number. 
913-317-1414 or online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. Again, CoverYourAssetsKC.com. And we'll put all the uh, contact information in the description of today's show so it's easy for you to find, as always. Uh, David, thank you for the help and the guidance on the show today. We'll talk to you again next week. Can't wait to hear how that Iceland trip's coming along. That's right. Yes, I'll have to give uh, occasional reports here and there <laughs> as we start to zero in on some ideas. So, very good. Well, uh, we'll look forward to talking to everybody on the next episode. We'll see you next time on Cover Your Assets, KC. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and KC Financial Advisors are independent of each other.